Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 126 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we pause from our Come Follow Me studies for this week. On this Monday as we uh, reflect on some things which have been uh, shared in the Facebook group and also share something that else I've been studying this week that hasn't got something specific to do with the Come Follow Me materials. Um, first of all, thank you for the couple of comments we had on Facebook. I always love having comments uh, on the things that we've been studying. Uh, and I shared uh, a post about uh, the interesting thing that we have is to study Doctrine and Covenants 45, as we did last week, alongside the Joseph Smith translation of Matthew 24 and also Doctrine and Covenants 29, which we studied earlier this year. And I asked the question, what does knowing the events leading up to the second coming of our Saviour Jesus Christ do for us today? How does it help us in the lives that we live today? Um, and a couple of comments were said. Uh, Cheryl Whittaker um, shared a comment about having the confidence to go on and be prepared, and I, I loved that. I thought that was great. Uh, and Candice Welch said something interesting as well. Um, she said, uh, in verse 31, it says that a scourge and sickness will take over the land. My kids automatically said COVID, but I think it has more to do with the verses that said men's hearts would fail them and wax cold and hard and so on. Because verse 32 says, But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. It seems to me like the scourge or sickness is something that moves us away from holy places, from God and the Spirit, from the gospel, and especially from love for one another. Without love, our hearts do really turn cold and hard. And, and I loved this insight by Candice because, yes, I suppose that when we look at the pandemic, uh, COVID-19, like we have some sort of idea that or presumption that there is a pointing towards that when we look at the, the scourges and sicknesses that would come into the land before the second coming but like she says there's also a spiritual sickness and the uh, the need to to come close to our savior to feel of the holy ghost in our lives and feel of the love for for our fellow man through feeling of that holy ghost is something which not many people are doing in the world today uh, and that is probably the sickness that is being referred to but um you know there is obviously ways we can apply this in multiple ways, I'm sure, into our lives from what the Saviour said to his disciples. Uh, so, yeah, that was a great comment by Candice and I uh, really appreciate that. So there's a couple of things, actually, I wanted to share, but I'm not going to rush through them um, and do them a disservice by rushing through them. Um, so I'll share one of them and see what the time is like. And if there isn't enough time to do the other one justice as well, we'll, we'll just stick with this one. Uh, I listened to a podcast episode recently on the Interpreter podcast, um, which was sharing a um, a paper or an article by by an individual called Lauren Blake Spendlove, um, titled "And the One Pointed the Way: Issues of Interpretation and Translation Involving the Liahona." And what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll read the abstract because uh, I think it gives a good summary of what it's all about and why I found it particularly interesting. It says, quote, in describing the operation of the spindles in the Liahona, Nephi's statement said that one, the one pointed the way in 1 Nephi 16.10 is frequently taken to mean that one of two spindles indicated the direction to travel. However, Nephi's apparent use of the word hashyad may imply a different mechanism in which the direction was being shown when both operated as one. If so, there may be added symbolism of unity and oneness inherent in Nephi's and Alma's descriptions of the Liahona. Additionally, I, will, I provide a detailed analysis of words and phrases used by Alma and Nephi to describe the Liahona, which potentially reveal intriguing Hebrew wordplay in the text. Close quote. 
Now, it is a pretty long uh, and, and, and detailed um, analysis and um, research, this, and I'm not going to get through it all in 10 minutes. Um, I listened to the podcast version, the audio version, and I'm glad I did, because I wouldn't have read, you know, the, uh, the text of it in, in one sitting. It's pretty long. Uh, but I was able to listen to it as I got some jobs done. And there were some really interesting insights into this. Just to give a quick summary, basically what uh, Spendlove does is he points out that the phrase, the one pointed the way through the wilderness, or paraphrasing that, the one pointed the way, um, is actually quite unique in the Book of Mormon. And also in the Bible, whenever there are two things doing certain, you know, doing different things in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, both are described in different ways than the spindles in the Lehona is. What I'm saying is, is that in all of the circumstances and settings out of dozens in the Bible and the book and the Book of Mormon, where, you know, there are two things being described, they are all done the same way and described in the same way, which for me shows why Joseph Smith did translate the Book of Mormon from an ancient language as well. Um, except for this one relating to the two spindles in the Liahona, this one stands out as unique on its own in being described in a different way, which seems to indicate that it wasn't that one was pointing one way and one wasn't pointing the other way. Um, and what Spindle does is he kind of describes different um, suggestions on how these spindles will have worked. And basically what he breaks it down into and finding other ways in which, you know, the, the Hebrew would have worked is that it's more likely that both spindles will have pointed in both directions. It will have pointed in the direction that Lehi and his family should have, should have travelled. And then he explains it very clearly and understandably uh, in this way. If you had one spindle pointing the right way um, and the other pointing to some other things, then, you know, when the spindle wasn't working, which we know did happen a few times, for example, when Lehi began to murmur about the lack of food and when Le and Laman and Lemuel were disobedient on the ship and tied Nephi up, um, how would they have known if the spindle wasn't working and pointing the right way if it was just one spindle that was meant to be pointing the right way? It would have been pointing somewhere, uh, and so they would have pres presumed that that was the right way, unless there was some other mechanism helping them to know that this was indeed pointing the right way. And as such, Spindler suggests that the two spindles, when they were working, were pointing both the right way. Um, so that they could see, right, well, they're both pointing the right way now, and so therefore this must be the direction we should go. Um, whereas opposed, opposed to, um, you know, one's pointing one, one way and one's pointing, pointing another way, well, the, the, the Leahona is not working, we need, we need to repent and come closer to our saviour. Now, he goes obviously into a lot more detail about the, the language behind that and how he's broken that down and understood that. Uh, and I would really, really recommend you listening to the to the audio version of this text. Or if you've got, you know, uh, some time aside to, to look at it, then read it yourselves. But I thought it was particularly interesting. And what it did is it gave us a great um, insight into how uh, this actually gives us a nice um, symbolism where, you know, for example, where our saviour is pointing to the true and right way and we need to try and align ourselves to him uh, to be able to make our way through the journey of, of during our wildernesses i thought that was a particularly nice uh, example another one is that we have the bible and the book of mormon as two witnesses of jesus christ and with one of them you know it's easy to make confusing mistakes or errors but when you have both records then it is a truer and clearer path that you have to follow um you know the word of the lord um 
and I thought that that was a particularly nice um, analogy as well, which which I kind of thought of um, that wasn't mentioned in his text. Um, but yeah, so it's really a fascinating. I'll share it on the Facebook group and uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, and if you're interested, I, I recommend you having a look, uh, even if I mean, to be fair, when you look at the text, it does look massive. But actually, the, the points that are particularly relevant and important is mainly the first half of the text, because then he talks about other possibilities, which are interesting in themselves. He talks about a few individuals who referred to um, supposedly have seen the Liahona or things like that, but their their records were a bit um, dubious. Uh, an individual called, um, I can't find his first name, but his surname was, oh, Gladden Bishop was his name. He's got a particularly interesting story, um, just past halfway through the record or the article. Uh, but there's other things and a huge appendix as well, which you don't really necessarily need to look at as well. So when you break that down, it's it's not that as long as it looks. Uh, and so, yeah, have a quick look and see what you think. I thought it was interesting. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this study. Uh, please do continue to follow the podcast on all the usual social media platforms on Facebook on Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again. <laughs>